let's get going here. Now, the title of this lesson is Hope in 2023 is the same as in 23 AD. AD meaning after death, meaning after death of Christ. All right. Okay, let's get started here. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 15, verse 4. And I'm specifically reading from the King James Version because what I'd like to do is break down certain words in the Bible to, to get a better meaning and perspective of what I'm talking about and what the Bible is talking about more specifically. And I know um, some people that use the NIV or the Amplified Bible. But sometimes with those Bibles, you, to me, you still don't get the true interpretation of some um, particular words. And I've gone into that before, but I don't have the time to go into, go into the uh, specifics of that right now. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 4. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Okay, now the word I want to zero in on is aforetime. Now aforetime means in the past. So I'll read it again using that particular word to give you a better understanding. For whatsoever things were written in the past were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. <clears throat> so, it's saying that the scriptures, because being written in the past, is there for us to have hope. Through the patience and comfort of the scriptures. And I like to look at that as, now, what are the scriptures? The scriptures are God's word, his spoken word. The scriptures are who he is. And it says through patience and comfort, comfort, the, the, his word is comforting. Have you ever thought of it that way? That his word is a comfort, his word is comforting. Now, <clears throat> And remember, we're talking about hope here. So, what I'm going to do, and this is what I also like to do, is not just focus on a particular verse, but I like to encompass the rest of the surrounding verses pertaining to this particular verse. Again, it's all about getting a a better understanding of what's being talked about, a truer understanding of a particular uh, message and for it not to be taken out of context. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from verse 1 and end it up at verse 7. Okay, Romans 15 and 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Okay. The key word in this, infirmities. What is infirmities? Infirmities is a physical or mental weakness of a person. 
So we then that are strong ought to bear the, the, the physical or mental weakness of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, I love that this is in there and saying not to please ourselves because when someone is physically or mentally weak, they tend to get harassed. They tend to get picked on. And you see that in human nature from the time you're, you're little up until, you know, being an, an adult. And also, you, you have to look at it also in the sense of it says not to please ourselves. We also, be it people, please ourselves on, on the weak in terms of monetarily, in, in terms of, of um, the physical uh, incapacitation of a person can be exploited by others for monetary reasons. You look at your um, the medical field, <laughs> And even when it comes to mentality, again, there are people who are exploited for the pleasures of others or the pleasures of ourselves. Okay, verse two. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. The word here be it edification. Edification means to raise up, raise up that neighbor. Now read it over. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to raise up. And that's going to be a running theme here in terms of someone else or your neighbor. And your neighbor is not just someone who lives next door. Your neighbor is anyone you come in contact with. That is your neighbor. So let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to raise up. So in other words, when we meet other people, we ought to not bring them down, but look to raise them up. Look to raise them up. Verse three, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached you fell on me. And I know it says the word thee, but thee means you, okay? The reproaches, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached you fell on me. Now, reproach, reproaches in this situation means disappointment. Reproached means, I'm mean, excuse me, reproaches in this means disappointment. Reproach means disappointment. So now I'll read it again with those two particular words. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the disappointment of them that disappointed you fell on me. Did you, did you get that? Did you get that? I'll say it again. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the disappointment of them that disappointed you 
fell on me. Do, do you, did you see that? Did you catch that? See, when you have sympathy or empathy for another, for your, for your, for your fellow brother or sister, whatever they're going through, if it be a disappointment or whatever, you are to be disappointed along with them. You are to feel what they're feeling. Are, are you catching it? Okay. Like I said, there's a running theme here. And this is all through God's word. Not my word, but God's word. Verse 4. And, and we're coming to the to the to the theme of, of the lesson here. Verse 4. Whatsoever things were written in the past were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have now pretty much going already going over that <clears throat> but again to think about that the, his his words being comfort that we through patience being patient and comfort of the scriptures there is hope verse 5 now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. In this one, the word is consolation. Consolation. See, this is why I, I keep saying, when you're reading a word, don't just skim past words that you may not know. Okay? And even if it's words that you think you know, check it out. Look it up. Look it up in, it, in, in the, look it up in its true sense, and then apply it in the in, in the verse that you read, and then you have a more deeper and better understanding. Okay, consolation means to <clears throat> give comfort, or it means depending on how you use it, depending on how it's being used, exhortation. And exhortation also means to urge someone on. Now I'll read it again. Now the God of patience and comfort. Okay? Now the God of patience and comfort urge you on. To, see, check it out. Urge you on to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Do, do, you, do you see it now? He urge you on to be like-minded. Again, there's a running theme here. We are to be like-minded. We are to be on one plane. We are to be on one level. Unlike America, and I, I always say America, not the United States, because if we were united, we would be on one accord on some of these major issues, but we're not. Or just like within the Christian community, whereas you, we have all these different denominations. Now we're supposed to be about being a Christian, but yet everybody has their so-called certain agenda, but we still have, we still need to be on one accord according to God's word. That is the bigger issue. 
not just you know because we you know certain ones want to push their their own um, agendas so to speak but we need to be on one accord and one accord being about God's word about his message about his word okay verse 6 that you may with one mind it's, again there's a running theme here that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ and last one verse 7 wherefore receive you one another there we go again receive you one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God to the glory of God so in having hope in having hope Whatever we're going through, <clears throat> we need to focus on others. We need, we need to be like-minded, okay? Having concern for one another, having empathy for one another. And we need to show that. And in the midst of going through and showing someone else and helping someone else out, then we're not so, then we're not so focused on our own troubles. And in, and in lieu of our own troubles and we're, we're um, seeking to help someone else or pray, and praying for someone else, God is working things out on our end. Okay, did you catch that? God is working things out on our end. So therefore, don't be con so consumed by what you're going through. Okay? You do what you have to do. You pray. You you, you act accordingly to whatever it may be, but you don't be consumed by it. And in, and in the process, and in, in lieu of it, and in the midst, you concentrate on helping others. That's how this works. That's how this works. You know, and, and the word gives us um, several examples. Like Job, who, who seemingly lost everything. And this is a man who, who didn't do wrong, but yet he had his own people and friends and his wife telling him that, well, maybe you did something wrong. That, um, and his wife even saying, you know, basically in a sense, where's your God? You should curse him, curse him and die. But with hope that things turn around because, you know, things got very bad I mean, for, for Job, whereas, you know, he, he lost land, he lost money, family members, I mean, everything. But he still had hope. In the midst of that suffering, he still had hope. And then God brought him through. And he replenished Job. And he gave back to him more than what it, what, more so than what it, that he had before. You look at Lazarus. When your situation seems dormant, when your situation seems dead, he brings back to life that was dead in you. He brings back to life, he reinvigorates you. All hope is not lost. Like the story of David, here's a man who basically went through the whole Ten Commandments in one fell swoop. Um, and, and when you think that you've done so much so much wrong 
there's always that hope to turn things around. As long as you're still breathing, there's always that hope to turn things around. God's grace is sufficient. And that's how it was for Joseph. That's how it is for you and me. His grace is sufficient. No matter what we've done and gone through, His grace is sufficient. There's always hope. There's, there's always hope when, when it came to Moses. There's a man who, who was at the top of the food chain. He was royalty. And then he gave it up because he knew he got to know the true and living God. And he sacrificed those, those earthly riches and, and prominence and position. And he got broken down. And there's always hope. He got broken down and and he had insecurities and low self-esteem. This is a man who was in the royal palace. But there's hope. There's hope. Because God restored that leading man. Maybe not in the way that you may think, but we're talking about the, we're talking about the overall aspects, and that is heaven. hope. There was always hope when, when it came to Abraham and Sarah and that no matter how old you are, your dreams and goals are always attainable. Yes, indeed. Your dreams and goals are always attainable. Especially when those dreams and goals coincide with God's will and His way. Never give up. There's always hope. <clears throat> well, that is the word. That is the word for today. Having hope in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your trials and tribulations. Having hope in God's word the scriptures shows us how we can get through. It gives us a template of others going through, say, similar situations. I guarantee you that no matter what you're going through, you can find something in the Bible that you can relate it to. Now, don't, don't get beyond yourself and because you're thinking in today's terms, you have to break it down and, and, and read the Bible in relation to what's going on with you. God's word is comfort. God's word is edifying. God's word is rich and God's word is powerful. Continue to read his word. Continue to learn and grow from his word. 